0: the winding down of this year. And if you recall last week, we said that we're just really purposing to use our faith for this Christmas, just to experience Jesus, to use our faith to experience the true meaning of the season and just the the joy that Jesus came to give. And so in every aspect, I want to challenge you, let's use our faith this year to have a Christmas like no other. So oftentimes we look at the gifts and we look at the things and it can bring discouragement if you you look at things from the perspective of how much you have or you don't have. And it robs you of this opportunity of experiencing Christ in Christmas. But I want you to use your faith this year just to truly begin to experience Christmas like never before. Now this morning I want to look at Christmas maybe from a little bit different vantage point, if you will. Look at it a little bit differently. But obviously everything about Christmas is about the birth of Jesus. Jesus coming, or really God in the flesh, coming to humanity. But when we look at Jesus, in Jesus we see the expression of God's judgment we see the expression of God's grace, and we see the fulfillment of God's love for His kids. And as I said, it's God's judgment, it's God's grace, and it's the expression of God's love. Now, for just a moment, I want to just take you back for a moment to look at some different Bible stories that really are a precursor, are a foreshadowing of Jesus' The one that would come. And everything in their example is expressing, once again, the heart of God through Jesus. Obviously, we all know the story of Adam and Eve. The Bible says that God so loved his kids. And the Bible says that they sinned. They committed high treason against God. You remember that? But in that story, we see the judgment of God, the grace of God, and the love of God. If you recall, the Bible says that they were perfect. They would have lived forever, but because of sin, death entered the world. And God said, you can't stay in the garden. In one sense, it was judgment because of their sin, but it was also the grace of God, God's unmerited favor, to help them experience God's love. And if you recall, the Bible says that God said, there's going to be one that comes. There's a seed coming that is going to take away the sins of the world. And in that very story of Adam and Eve, we see the judgment of God, the grace of God, and the love of God. Everybody knows the story of Noah. We think of it as a kid's tale, but it's reality. And in the story of Noah, rather, it was a type and a shadow of Jesus coming, born in a manger. The ark was the thing that was to carry God's people away into safety, and it was to represent salvation. But in it, God says, I've got to give an answer to the sin that has arisen in the earth. And He says, There's a flood that's coming. That's the judgment. But he says, "Build an ark." And he said, "Those who serve me and love me will escape my judgment." That's the grace of God. And God said, "Because you will, you have served me, and you have found a way of escape, it will carry and usher in this seed that I talked about in the garden." That's the love of God. Come on, are you seeing the picture? We once again, we see the story of of Moses and 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 we like that story as kids. But once again, it's a type and a shadow of Jesus that was going to come and be the savior of the world. We see the judgment of God, but the mercy of God and the grace of God. And it was all because he loved his people and made a way of escape. Jesus was the entire fulfillment of that, of God's judgment of God's grace, and of God's love. Isn't it interesting that God's judgment is different than our kind of judgment? I mean, I'm going to be real honest with you. There wouldn't be a whole lot of you left in this room if I was God. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, oh, I'm going to get you slapped, you know? Maybe not you. Maybe somebody else. But you know what I mean? If I was God, I would have a whole lot less Tolerance and patience because it'd be like, doggone you, I'm going to straighten you up. But the judgment of God is not like what we think. The judgment of God is an answer to what is wrong with humanity. God's judgment is to say, my judgment allows my grace to come in. And my grace is my unmerited favor for you. Meaning you can't earn it. You don't deserve it. But because I love you... Judgment made a way for grace to be in your life. Think about Jesus. Jesus is the fulfillment of God's love. In him is the judgment of God. Why is that? Because you have a choice of whether or not you receive the gift of salvation or not. And judgment has already been sentenced. Sin is no longer an issue. The only question and the only issue that all of us have is what do I do with the one called Jesus that became the answer for my sin problem. And when I stand before God, God's not going to judge me with an iron fist. His judgment is going to say, what did you do with Jesus? And based upon my decision, my decision judges me. Remember God said, judge yourself lest you be judged. God says this whole reason for Christmas is to experience God's freedom, His grace, and His love. Now, the reason that I shared that with you, it might seem a bit heavy, but it kind of leads us into understanding this picture, if you will, and just the state of affairs in the book of Isaiah. In Isaiah chapter 7, we see something, and I'll get there in just a moment, but the state of affairs in just this time period is that there was turmoil within the earth. There were those that were serving God and there there were those that were opposing God. And there was this constant turmoil between those that served God and didn't serve God. Those that were living right and those that were not living right. And God makes this statement and asks this question. He says, how long will you test the patience of men? How long will you test the patience of God? And the reason he's asking that question is because of all the stuff that's going on in the earth all the turmoil that's going on and then God responds by saying this in verse 14 of chapter 7 he says therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign behold the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel that was 600 plus years before Jesus ever showed up And God is responding to the conflict that's in the earth, the turmoil, those that are serving God, those that are not serving God. He says there's stuff going on. And because I love you, I'm going to send judgment to the earth and it's going to be in the form of a a baby named Jesus. And in that son, in that baby is my grace and the answer to all the conflict. And then 600 plus years later, we see this in Matthew chapter 1. Starting in verse twenty-one, it says, "And she will be, or she'll she'll bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins." So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophets, that which we heard from Isaiah. Verse twenty-three: Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel which translates as God with us. What was the answer to all the turmoil? God with us. What's the answer for the turmoil today? God with us. Everybody's looking for an answer. Everybody's looking for somebody to be the solution to the question. But God says, when there was turmoil... I sent my judgment, and my judgment was to usher in grace so that you could experience my love. And his name's Jesus. And what that name Emmanuel means is God is with us. Now, let's look at that from a little different angle. Let's put it in present-day terms. Because if you look at the news and you listen to radio and you listen to the the news, it seems as though there's this great conflict, isn't there? And if you want to, you could say, well, there's this conflict between liberals and conservatives. There's the non-Christian and there's the Christian. There's this turmoil that's going on in our our country and, for that matter, around the world. And it's this question of who's going to take care of us? Who's going to take care of my needs? Who's going to fix this problem that we're facing within our country? And we look to persons. We look to parties. We look to all this stuff to say, where is the solution going to come from? Because we're experiencing hardships. We're experiencing turmoils. That person that's living in the projects, the one that's living in extreme poverty, they say, what? It's real nice you living high on the hog on the hill there, but come down to where I live. Once you experience what I experience, there are those that are sickly, those that are struggling physically in health, those that are struggling emotionally in health, and they don't have any answers, and they're saying, I need an answer. I need my prescriptions filled. I need a doctor, and doctors have given up on them and says, I don't have any hope for you. There's nothing more that I can do. And they're saying, if there was only a solution if somebody could help those that are broken hearted those that have lost children lost spouses lost family members those that have been hurt through life they're broken hearted and they're saying talk is cheap walk a mile in my shoes if you had experienced what i've experienced maybe you'd have a little bit more compassion. Will somebody care? Will somebody come and help me where I'm at? What are they saying? Whether they realize it or not, they're saying, I need a savior. Whether they realize it or not, they're looking to man, but really what they're saying is that I just need God to be God in my life. I mentioned to you that I Went to the movies this past week with, with my kids. And, you know, when you think about it, as I started to, to ponder this idea, what is it that really gets our dollars at the box office? It's movies that provide an answer or give hope to a problem. Everybody wants to escape their reality and they're willing to pay money to go see a movie that takes me out of my reality and hopefully gives me a little bit of inspiration and hope through that which I see. I mean, think about it. John Wayne. John Wayne came and saved the day. James Bond, Mission Impossible, any superhero movie, what are they doing? They're coming in and rescuing the common man. Out of the problems that they're facing. You know, any martial art movie. Jean-Claude Van Damme. You know, whoever else. What are they doing? They're sticking up for the little guy. They're fighting off the bad guys. And in that, we're like, yes. You learn a couple moves as you're watching them, you know. You remember the movie Annie? The little girl in the projects. And Daddy Warbucks rescues her and saves her. Who doesn't want the Savior To change the world. When you don't know who to call. Who do you call? Ghostbusters. (laughs) Exactly. Need some help. And as I've already mentioned. Star Wars. There's trouble in the galaxy. (laughs) We just need somebody. That will stand up for what's right. Once again. What is it that we're doing? We're looking for somebody to help. And Jesus is the expression of God's love towards us. He loved us so much that he did come where you're at. If you'll just walk a mile in my shoes, you might have something to say. If you'll just come and experience what I've experienced, you'll at least know the burdens of my heart and God says, okay, I'll do that. I'll come and I'll become one of you. I'll experience everything that you experienced. And so as you wake up tomorrow, today being Christmas Eve, you'll wake in the morning. If you've got little kids, it's probably going to be like at 5 (laughs) a.m. But whatever time it is, as you gather around the Christmas tree and as you look at the gifts, whether there's a lot or whether there's a little, or whether you have your family members or... Maybe it's just you and wish you had family members. Use your faith tomorrow morning to stir up your awareness that you're not alone. Because Christmas is all about God saying, I'll come and I'll be with you. He's never left us. He stayed. His presence is His love, His grace, His mercy is still here. His judgment was already given 2,000 years ago. All we have to do is use our faith to experience the very presence of God, His grace, His mercy, and His love. You might say, well, if Jesus was only here, He is here. But it's the same question that Mary, the sister of Lazarus, said. Do you remember her? She looked at her circumstances. Her brother was dying and actually did die. Finally, Jesus showed up. And when Jesus showed up, she said to him the very first words, Had you only been here sooner, my brother would have lived. And we still do that today. God, if you would only just show up, things would be different. God is with us. It's interesting that when we look at the stories of Jesus, everything always changed when Jesus showed up, right? Think of the stories. There were storms that started to rise up. They were fearing for their life, and Jesus says, don't worry. Peace and be still. There was always a calm when Jesus was around. Even in the midst of a storm, Jesus brought about peace. When they needed tax money, he said, go catch a fish. And there you'll find your money. When there were those that were making accusations based upon the deeds that they've done, Jesus made this statement and says, well, if any of you don't have the same sin, you cast the first stone. And the Bible says that all the accusers left. So many individuals are experiencing a lonely Christmas because of accusations. When Jesus shows up, the accusations are left to answer to him. When it seems like situations are impossible, when Jesus shows up, he walks on the water. When it seems like situations are dead, relationships are dead, people are dying, Jesus shows up and he brings life. He's the same Jesus that said, I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. He hasn't gone anywhere. He's still here. That's why we celebrate Christmas, because God is with us. He's with you. Notice what it says in Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews chapter 13, in the verses prior to what I'm going to read, he starts talking about just natural things. He says, You've got relationships with people, you've got marital issues, you've got money issues. He says, But now, here's the answer to all those turmoils of life. He says, This, he says, Let your character, your moral essence, your inner nature be free from the love of money, shun greed, be financially ethical. Being content with what you have. For he has said. Now this is what I wanted to get to. For he has said. I will never under any circumstances. Desert you. Nor give you up. Nor leave you without support. Nor will I in any degree. Leave you helpless. Nor will I forsake or let you down. Or relax my hold on you. Assuredly not. So we take comfort. And are encouraged. And confidently say. The Lord is my helper in time of need. I'll not be afraid. What can man do to me? What was God saying? He says, You might feel like you're alone, but I've always been with you. The moment that you receive Christ into your life, I never left your side. In fact, for that matter, all those years that you walked not knowing God, He was right there with you saying, I love you. I love you. I love you. I want to know you. Will you receive me? I want to forgive you for your sins. Judgment was already paid for you. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. And even today, those of you that know Christ, even in your darkest hour, God is saying, I came and I'm here with you. I want you to use your faith this Christmas to stir up that awareness that he's as close as the mention of his name. The enemy does such a great job of telling you you've messed up, you've failed, you've let God down. Why would he do? As I said, if I was God, we wouldn't, none of us would get nothing. You'd have the worst Christmas ever. My kids, they wouldn't have a Christmas for the next 25 years. (laughs) But God says, I'm with you. And any of the mistakes you've made, it was covered by the judgment when Jesus came. You might say, I don't understand. I understand that. There's questions that we don't have answers to. Let me give you a couple different stories. And these are true stories. There was a little girl that lived in an abusive home. She was abused by her parents, the The home life itself was horrible. And on one night, the fighting escalated to the point where the father pulled out a gun and shot this little girl's mother right in front of her. And then he turned the gun to himself and killed himself. She ended up getting into the foster care system. And she was lucky enough to get into a home that was a Christian home. And so the foster mother takes her to church for the very first time and takes her to her little kids' church class and says to the teacher, she's never been in church. She doesn't know anything about Jesus. She doesn't know anything about church. Just be patient with her. And the teacher says, sure. We'll just love on her. We'll make her feel welcome. And so in the midst of the class, the teacher gets up and holds up a picture at one point in time in the lesson and says, does anybody know who this person is in the picture? And this little girl that's a part of all these kids that's there for the very first time. And you know, when you're there for the very first time, you don't want to say boo because you don't know nobody. But when all the hands raised in the class to tell who that picture was of, that little girl raised her hand. And the teacher says, you know who this person is? And she says, yes, he's the man that held me the night that my mom and dad died. And it was a picture of Jesus. See, Jesus hasn't left us. About five years ago, my brother-in-law was very sick at the point of death in ICU. He had sugar, and his sugar was severely erratic, destroyed his kidneys. He's laying in ICU almost dead. Now, my sister-in-law once walked with God went to the same Bible college that my wife and I did, but experienced some hardships in life and just kind of threw her hands up and gave up on God. But in the midst of throwing her hands up, she met this man that became her husband. And he was Muslim. He's an awesome man. Awesome father, awesome husband. I love him dearly. He's a good man. But when we got the call about Salah being in ICU... My wife says, not today. He's not dying today, God. He's not dying until he comes to know Jesus. So whatever you got to do, God, he can't die right now. A couple days later, Kelly's sister called her and said that Salah said, in the midst of being in ICU... He said, there is this man that's been standing in my room for the last few days. He's dressed in white and he's been standing up against the wall. And my sister-in-law says to him, see, she's got the smarts enough to ask this question. She says, was it Jesus? And he says, I don't know, but the only thing I said to him was that I'm not ready to go yet. What's Christmas about? God with us. It may seem like life has been dark. It might seem like life has been hard. We may not feel like we have answers. But I assure you, God is with you. Lastly, there's this story of a farmer many, many, many years ago. Maybe during the Civil War years. And he was just a poor farmer. He had a horse that was... Basically, his mainstay, that was his bread and butter, and his horse ran off. And his next-door neighbor came over and says, doesn't that just beat all? Your horse ran over. I mean, what bad luck. And the farmer says, well, good luck, bad luck. I don't have anything to say about that. A couple days later, the horse came back. But while the horse was out running around, he met up with a herd of other horses. And when he came back, he brought 20 more horses with him. The neighbor came back over and says, doesn't that just beat all? I mean, what good luck is that? And the farmer says, good luck, bad luck, don't have anything to say about that. The son of the farmer in his teenage years went out and started working with the new horses, and one of the new horses kicked him in the leg and broke his leg. The next neighbor came over again and said, doesn't that just beat all? Isn't that some bad luck? Get some new horses in. Your son gets his leg broke. Once again, the farmer says, I don't have anything to say about that, whether it be good luck or be bad luck. A couple days later, the military comes through, and they're taking young teenage boys to go fight in the war. He goes to the neighbors, or the military goes to the neighbors, Recruits the boy. They go to the farmer and finds out that the boy has a broke leg. Says, "Well, we have no need of you." Next door neighbor says, "Ain't that some luck?" Farmer says, "Good luck, bad luck. I don't have anything to say about that." The next door neighbor's son lost his life. The farmer's boy was alive and well. What's the moral of the story? There are questions that we don't have answers to. There are things that have happened in life that we say, God, how could that have ever happened? How could you have ever let that happen? And on this side of eternity, we may never know the answers. But one thing that I do know is that God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And he said, if you would believe in him, you'll have everlasting life. And he said, I sent my son So that God, so that I would be with you. In the ups and the downs, in the bright and the dark times, Jesus is always there. As we begin to step into this new year, as you celebrate Christmas tomorrow with your family, I challenge you to use your faith. That tomorrow marks... A new start. Tomorrow's a day to recognize and invite Jesus into your life. Let's be a people that say, I choose to know my God. And God, this is going to be a year like no other year. It's going to be different. I choose to invite you into my life. And know that you're with me. Can we stand? With every eye closed, every head bowed, I realize that many of us in this place have a personal relationship with God. Maybe there's some that never have met him. Maybe there are those that are here that you say, I feel like I've walked away from God and I've let God down and God's disappointed. Come on. Let yourself off the hook. That's what Christmas is here for. That's why we celebrate it. Isaiah said, This is a sign. That God is with you. As we celebrate Christmas. Let it be a sign to you. That the judgment of your yesterday. Of today. Of what may come. Has already been dealt with. By the sacrifice of Jesus. And all that's left is for you to say. God I want to experience your grace. And I want to know your love. I may not have the time or the opportunity to see you tonight. Therefore, if you're here this morning and you want to know Jesus. If you want to invite Him into your life. Or recommit your life to Him as we say, this year marks a change. I want to just pray with you. Nobody looking around, every eye closed. But if that's you, can I just pray with you? If you would, would you just raise your hand and say, that's me, I see that hand, 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 I see that hand over there. Come on. You can put them down once you put them up. Anybody else, you didn't put your hand up, but you say, Pastor, I want to make this my day. I see that little hand back there, friend. Thank you. Come on, let's put our faith right now in this prayer. Don't worry about who's next to you. You pray this prayer with everything within your heart. To say, God, I want to know you this year. This year is going to be different. Because I choose to know you and you said that you're with me. Everybody, let's pray this out loud together. Father, thank you for sending Jesus. When you sent Jesus... Sin was judged. Therefore I make a choice. To serve you. I ask you now. To extend your grace. Forgive me of my sins. Be the Lord of my life. And God. I earnestly pray this. With everything within my heart. I want to know you. I want to know your love. And I purpose right now. Now listen, this next thing, you might have to say it by faith, and that's okay. But by faith, right now, let's make this statement. Dear God, I purpose to surrender to you. I give you my life as you have given yours. I choose that this is going to be a new year, walking with you. In Jesus' name, and everyone said... Amen. Can we worship God? Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and take a look at all of our social media sites, which can be found at our website, gvchurch.tv. We know that today's message has been a blessing to you. Thanks for listening. We are Genesee Valley Church. Loving God, loving people, and loving life.